Welcome to this South Australian Grain Industry Trust podcast, bringing you the latest in grains R&D. Vetch. It's always been seen as a break. However, a new variety is changing that, allowing it to be viewed as a crop in itself. G'day, I'm Drew Radford and this new variety, called Studnitsa, is the result of the National Vetch Breeding Program, which is a GRDC and SARDI investment. Studnitsa is not only frost and rust resistant, but it also has the shortest season and maturity of any of the common vetches. Stuart Nagel is National Vetch Breeder at the South Australian Research and Development Institute. He was driving the research and he joins us for this Saget podcast. Stuart, thanks for your time. Thanks, Drew. It's good to be here. Stuart, this project, how did it come about? This project actually came about through a, a previous project that I'd been leading, looking at assessment of some novel new vetch species that weren't currently grown in Australia. Over years in the breeding program, we run extensive trials across Southern Australia in particular, but South Australia has been the focus of the program. And we've run trials from Bordertown to Wakery, Loxton, um, Oruru, and out as far as Streaky Bay. So we have a really broad reach and engagement with farmers and agronomists and other researchers. And what we've seen with, with the main breeding program was there was a need for uh, farmers seeing, looking for a viable legume option in this really marginal country, which is largely ignored by the pulse programs because it's inconsistent. We're talking about areas of, like the upper mid-north around Bullaroo and above, out the upper EP and out past Streaky Bay, and even parts of the Riverland. They didn't have viable legume options in a cropping rotation. Most of them were managing on the old-fashioned uh, medic or medic fallow rotations with a serial serial medic and some of the more progressive farmers were finding that a little bit cumbersome to deal with their wish list included a viable legume option in a cropping rotation that could be year in year out and so that made us develop a project looking at these novel vetch species that weren't grown but were predominantly from a mediterranean middle eastern type climate and that included some different Vesia species like Vesia articulata, Vesia bicularis and Vesia palestina, to name a couple. When we ran that project, this was back in, I think, 2011, that project started, we ran common vetch as the control. And what we found in that project was that common vetch was actually a better option than any of these new species we brought in. So we started to look at material that we had in the breeding program that wasn't suited to a broad scale release because this is a national breeding program we released for almost the entire country if you like and we hadn't had the ability to focus in on a specific area and then this project showed us that there was a need for this in South Australia and Saget actually to their credit were really quite interested in focusing on the needs of that marginal South Australian country so we started to look at what common vetch material we had in the breeding program that might suit that over a broad scale release and that's where that project developed from. Stuart, that's a fairly broad remit and an important need to try and meet. I understand you did go through quite a number of varieties and over what sort of period? What did the project involve? Well, the project started initially in 2014. We'd already seen over the three years of the previous project that common vetches were probably the ideal. So we started going back through historical germplasm 
And at that point, the program had been breeding common vetch since 1995. And so we had 20 years almost of, of breeding material that, that we had data on that we started looking through. And the, the objective was to go through that material and pull out, we pulled out about 20 lines of breeding material that had, had progressed enough for us to have a concept of the agronomic traits but not necessarily gone beyond that. And the core objectives were that we were trying to provide a genuine legume option in those areas, one that would grow well enough for fodder, but still have the potential to produce grain in, in most years. And it had to be really relatively locally adapted. One of the key constraints in many of these areas, particularly if you're talking the Riverland and the Upper North, is cold tolerance. For example, around Bullaroo, we did trials one year and I think in June, July, they had something like 40 days below minus one overnight. And so this is a particularly cold and frosty environment. And so cold tolerance and winter growth became a, a real driver of, of looking at this germplasm. Stuart, it sounds like incredibly rigorous testing is what you'd expect with field trials and run over for a reasonable period of time as well. 40 days below minus one sounds well and truly trying for want of a better description. So what did you find? Over this time, it, it was over a three-year project and I think it was 14, 15 and 16. And um, 2015 in particular was a pretty ugly year in some of those environments. So we, we needed multiple years of trials to validate where we were going. But one line stood out in particular in, in these trials and it showed early and it was a line we tested as SA34876. And that line showed real improvements in winter growth over existing varieties of common veg. We had a quite broad area for the national breeding program, but the trials for the Saget project were at Karunda and Loxton, Morchard, um, over at Minipur and, and out as far as Streaky Bay. So we had quite diverse areas of you know, grey calcareous soils or the red-brown clays or even the non-wetting sands in the, in the Riverland Mallee. But across these areas, this line over three years stood out quite significantly. We were looking at not just that early vigour and winter growth. They had to have semblances of frost tolerance, if you like. And we were focusing in this project looking at fodder production or hay yields. But it had to have the capability to produce seed in the majority of seasons as well in this environment because most farmers want to produce their own seed once they've got the variety. And this line showed real improvements in winter vigour. We had some great photos of trials at Morchard in early July where the plots of this line were double the size of the other lines and it, it just grew through winter where, where our common vetch varieties that had been released before generally emerge and stop in, the, in that cold frosty environment. And so we started cutting these trials earlier than you would traditionally because we're trying to fill the winter feed gap for mixed farmers as well, as well in this project. It's a little bit complicated in that we weren't just after a legume, we were after uh, trying to fill a winter feed gap for a mixed farmer replacing his fallow and getting it earlier. And so we did cuts in early August instead of the traditional hay cutting time of mid to late September. In Morchard and Wakery in particular, we were finding this line was out yielding existing varieties by up to a tonne of dry matter at that time. So it, it really was a significant improvement. And that led us to pushing that variety through and selecting it for commercialisation. Stuart, what's the uptake of this new variety been like and, and how's it performed? Well, 
the variety performed brilliantly in testing. The line was tested as three, four, eight, seven, six. It was given the name Studenitzer. All of the varieties released from this program are named after Eastern European rivers as a acknowledgement of where most of our germplasm came from. And, and Studenitzer actually means Frosty River. It's a river, but it's called Frosty River or, or the Cold River. And that's really quite appropriate for this variety with that frost tolerance and cold tolerance. It's just a bugger of a thing to say. And so from the, the initial project, we then got an, a one-year extension to finish off the PBR and, and begin the commercialisation process of this variety. And the variety was put out to tender and S&W Seeds were the successful tender. And they took on the multiplication and commercialisation of this variety and it was finally released on farm in 2021 as a new variety of vetch. And it was quite exciting when it came out. There's a lot of interest in South Australia, but also quite extensive interest in Western Australia and Victoria. So I know that's not where Saget's focus is, but it, it became a little bit bigger than just those areas of South Australia. When it was released, it is the uh, shortest season and maturity of any of the common vetches. It flowers in between 85 and 90 days, and that's where its early growth and vigour come in. It is white flowered, which is, uh, makes it quite distinctive. It has rust resistance, which is very important in a common vetch. And that testing was run concurrently with the, the agronomic and yield testing that was done in the Saget project. And it fits really well into those short season marginal environments. Our intention was initially that it would be sown as traditionally a vetch would in early April, early to mid April producing fodder through July, August, and probably being terminated depending on the system. Farmers saw what we were doing in our trials and, and looked at the options where potentially this gave them an option to not have to put the vetch in as first and set and forget, that they could look at their system and if rainfall didn't happen or things changed in their plans, they could put a vetch in later in their planning, in June, for example, and still get a, a relatively good production out of it because it was such a short season variety. And so it actually opened up a few extra windows and, and potential options for farmers. And we've had quite a good uptake this year. I don't know the final sales figures, but I believe the seed company um, did sell the majority of the grain they produced. And so we've had a good uptake and seen good results on the ground this year. Stuart, one of the things I read earlier in regards to this was it was a great line saying the most important point to remember is to treat vetch as a crop, not a break. It sounds like this variety lives up to that very well. You've hit the nail on the head there. It's one of the things I do like to accentuate, if you like, in that vetch has traditionally been seen as a, a real set and forget. You put it in early before you put your cash crops in and you basically leave it and deal with what, whatever comes. In a modern farming system, and while I said the project was looking at replacing a fallow or a fallow pasture in the system, it needs to be treated as a crop as such. And if you want to get or maximise the benefits of a vetch crop in your system, you have to treat it properly. If you are in hostile soils, it's always best to inoculate. If you are looking for high fodder production, you need to monitor pest and disease issues. And so the old days of using vetch just as a fallow replacement or even a basic fallow are not gone, but to get the best out of it and the best out of the system, 
even if you're only targeting like a, a herbicide resistant weed, you need to actually treat it as a crop to get the benefits. And one of the things with this early maturity is you can have grazed the crop in August, early September. And if you've got an ongoing issue with some of the resistant brome grasses or resistant rye grasses in your system, you can terminate that paddock before they get to set a seed. And so you're not only reducing your weed seed bank, but you're also having that opportunity to preserve some moisture down for the following seasons. And that's one of the advantages of this early maturity. Another potential usage in this system, Drew, you were asking about um, how the performance is and where we see it going is, I'm really hoping that the, the seed company can promote this variety into horticultural systems because with the the 90 day flowering window and you've got your bulk developed in that 85 to 95 days, you can turn a green manure crop back into the soil in a, a horticultural system, be it a, a centre pivot or, or in those irrigation systems. You've got that three month window to grow a green manure biomass crop, turn it back in and go back into your next horticultural system. And that hopefully, if the seed company can develop that potential, will produce a ongoing seed market, which we don't currently see with Vetch. And so that, that's quite an exciting potential. So hopefully we can create a seed market, which will add a little bit of value to this as well, and just continue the growth of this species and the, the variety in particular. Stuart, it sounds like a fabulous new option for farmers. I'm really interested to see how it goes in the seasons ahead. Thank you very much, though, for the work you've done on it and the time taken to join us in the Saget studio and tell us all about it. I really appreciate the uh, opportunity. I really value Saget. I think that we're um, very lucky to have them in South Australia and, and it's really good to promote the work they do. Thank you for listening to this South Australian Grain Industry Trust podcast. Saget invests around $1.8 million a year, supporting research crucial to advancing South Australia's $4.6 billion grain industry. These projects deliver real improvements in countless areas of grain growing, farming systems, soil management, harvesting, storage, processing and marketing, and they also provide technical information to growers. To find out more, visit saget.com.au.